Hello everyone, welcome to Biblia Banter. This is Natalia. This is Erin. This is Alan. This is Laura. And we're starting the new season 2020 with an amazing topic. What is our topic today, guys? What is a book? The Star Trek edition. Yay! Yay! <laughs> That's right, we're talking about books in Star Trek. Oh, can we have here like the Star Trek music playing? I don't know if we it, can. Would it be a copyright issue? <laughs> yeah. It's not a copyright issue if we sing it. But we have to decide which <laughs> Which one? Oh yeah, that's true. Ooh. The original. Not the... <laughs> that was good. That was really Yeah, it was great. Books in Star Trek. We're going to start by taking it back old school, the original series, mm -hmm. with this wonderful clip. What's about it? Don't you like books? Oh, I like them fine. But a computer takes less space. Huh. A computer, huh? I never use it. I've got my own system. Books, young man. Books, thousands of them. If time wasn't so important, I'd show you something. My library. Thousands of books. What would be the point? This is where the law is. Not in that homogenized, pasteurized, synthesized. Books. You have to be either an obsessive crackpot who's escaped from his keeper or Samuel T. Cogley, attorney at law. Right on both counts. <laughs> Need a lawyer? I'm afraid so. Okay. Let's uh, begin with the definition of a book mm -hmm. from Memory Alpha. That is a fan site for Star Trek. So, according to Memory Alpha, in Star Trek, a book was a collected set of information on either fictional or non-fictional topics. Originally, books consisted of a number of pages bound together with informational content written or printed onto them. As technology developed, books became available in electronic form to be viewed on pads or computer terminals. Physical, non-electronic bound books were still produced in the 23rd and 24th centuries, but were relatively rare, encountered as specialty items or antiques. So that brings us pretty nicely back to the clip. One thing I really like about it mm -hmm. is that he calls him young man. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really interesting with this idea of like the rare, old, dusty book and mm -hmm. then like a new generation mm -hmm. and really setting this series in the future. Yes. Where it's like the, the old world and the old generation mm -hmm. use books, but in this new, almost like magical mm -hmm. Star Trek generation, people just use computers. Except that one guy who Except knows he owns a computer, right. but he's like, I don't use that. <laughs> right. Because it's not as good, which I think we're struggling with these ideas today between the ebook and the printed book. So, And I think if you look at the characters who own books mm -hmm. or use the printed books mm -hmm. in the series, they are more so the... The captains or those characters that are considered more intelligent mm -hmm. than others or mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. this traditional bookish personality. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think right now who they, I mean, Captain Picard, for sure. I'm thinking about um, the latest series, Discovery, mm -hmm. um, that many of you consider not good enough to be considered a Star Trek, but still, uh, Michael Burnham. In the first season, I believe, she owns a book, a, mm -hmm. an actual paperback, no, um, that's a hardcover, I think, of Alice in Wonderland, but it's a printed copy mm -hmm. um, that she's very proud of. Mm -hmm. and right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Captain Janeway definitely reads uh, printed books, mm -hmm. and she's gifted 
printed books by her hollow lover. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is <how> I <laughs> yes. Well, who, yes. who else yes. is she going to be with? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. Um, so he himself is a fictional character that mm-hmm. gives her. That's one of their relationship traits is that they talk about books. Books, mm-hmm. but real books. And well, we know that Picard has in enclosed in glass a collection of Shakespeare. Paul. Oh yeah, to Paul. Mm-hmm. She has a book, mm-hmm. a printed book, sign mm-hmm. to specify here. Right. They obviously also have lots of ebooks or other kinds of books. So right. that brings us back to the mm-hmm. original question. What is a book mm-hmm. and how do the creators of Star Trek perceive uh, the future of the book right. to look like? Mm-hmm. Right. So I think the examples we just gave mostly concern the printed books. Mm-hmm. So they actually still exist. But as the definition from Memory Alpha shows, it's just an antique. Um, a sort of like a unique object of the past but definitely still has uh, value both as a gift as a gift Spock also gives Kirk um, a copy of A Tale of Two Cities mm-hmm. okay. like mm-hmm. a leather bound copy well and the great thing about that in that show they don't even tell you what the book is he hands him the book he reads the first it was the best of times it was the worst of times the audience knows it's a tale of two cities, but it's not explained. And I mm-hmm. think that's pretty um, an interesting way of just reinforcing the canon for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, even in our sci-fi, we expect the printed book to be a valued object. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I was reading, there's a, a list online of books that only exist in Star Trek. So like fictional books in the mm-hmm. Star Trek world. And one of them is Vulcan Love Slave. And I kind of think I remember this episode, and I think that everyone was reading this on their pads, which also kind of reminds me of the Fifty Shades of Grey, how that was Mm -hmm. such an e-book phenomenon, Mm -hmm. and people wouldn't know that that's what you were reading. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just think it's really funny. Yeah, you can find pads containing the novel in your quarters. (laughs) Which series was that? Voyager. Okay. Okay. Vulcan Love Slave. Huh. <laughs> so the pads were, I mean, mostly I think you see them on Star Trek used for work mm-hmm. and, you know, handing mm-hmm. off assignments, but you could also use them for, for reading pe- for pleasure. Right. So basically, then the book is designated to be a leisure activity. It's not viewed as a scholarly enterprise, basically. Mm-hmm. Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> and I think then Voyager maybe has more opportunities. To talk about the book because whereas the other series they can get off the starship mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. often Voyager they are on a very long mission right. mm-hmm. and they do have to have some recreational activities right. and they also bring in then this idea of the hollow novel and they program their own hollow mm-hmm. novels but they also have come to the ship with a select few mm-hmm. But Voyager is definitely not the first right. series to use the hollow novel. It came up in, in Star in Next Generation mm-hmm. quite a bit with Dixon Hill and Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. and what else? They also I cannot remember the character's name, but he has overlap in Voyager and he was addicted to the hollow deck. 
That's our future. Oh yeah, <laughs> Lieutenant, <laughs> Lieutenant Barkley. Oh Lieutenant yes, Barkley. Lieutenant yes, Barkley. yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, he could only be like his best self in the holodeck, in the holodeck. right? Mm-hmm. But I, that's where yeah. his friends are. Kind of the same with Data and Sherlock Holmes, where he could be. Mm-hmm. Still analytical and cold, but a right. celebrated version of that. Right. But, I mean, it's still interesting because the future of the book, as it's represented in Star Trek, isn't very far from the future we're living now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it probably felt really far away in that, like, from that first clip. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, it's all on computers. Right. How science fiction you must that have felt and now that's just like yeah, yeah. it is all on computers yeah we're you reading don't need to crack open a book we're yeah. reading on pads essentially mm-hmm. yeah yeah you can right. also listen to a book which is a different medium so mm-hmm. we even probably have a wider variety of things we can do with a book with the content of a book than mm-hmm. we did in star trek because nobody's actually running around listening to an audiobook right there is an idea of audiobook um, more as the ship's log. That's true. I never thought of it that way. Right, me either, yeah, but that's, a, yeah. I mean, it's a log. It's a, mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been yes. a book. Mm-hmm. And then when they ask the computer for information, mm-hmm. um, computer, tell me all you know about species 572, Yeah, I don't remember the numbers, kind of you know. That's yeah. dangerous. Um, yeah. The computer will. Right. That's basically a nonfiction or Wikipedia entry, but essentially, audio version. But, mm-hmm. audio version. but I mean, essentially, we're doing that now, Siri? too. Oh, you know, yeah. So it, it, we're really kind of ending up in a Star Trek world because even if you look at virtual reality and the things they're trying to do, we're getting close to the hollow deck mm-hmm. model, as far as that goes. And there isn't tiny ironic moment when J.J. Abrams, the director of the latest Star Trek films, um, he took part in creation of a printed novel that aims to show all the advantages that it has over an ebook or an audiobook. So the book in itself uh, looks like a library book and it has uh, different layers of narration, which is the first layer is the text of the book. It's written by a fictional writer, but then you also have commentaries on the margins done by two other people who read this book, which creates the second layer. And as they investigate something on the way, they have some postcards or napkins from a cafe or um, some old newspaper clips that are put in strategically important places in the book. So you can, of course, have this all um, done via hyperlinks, but when you actually hold a newspaper clip mm. from 1982 in your hands, or at least that's what it looks like. That's a different kind of experience. So uh, for somebody who works so much in the storytelling of science fiction, as J.J. Abrams does, especially with Star Trek, he also is a huge fan of Mm -hmm. of old school Mm -hmm. books. I do believe it exists. This particular novel also exists in audio and Mm e-format, but I don't think it does represent the same power of a printed book. However, I think that it would translate decently to a video game, Mm -hmm. which is now a video game literacy is Mm -hmm. a valid type of literacy that they're even promoting in libraries. Right. Um, Because in these video games, you have the main narration, but then you Mm -hmm. pick up pieces. Right. So it's 
Right. Mm-hmm. Somewhat similar. Which order do you pick them up? What do you need right. to know to keep going? Etc. And and then it changes depending on how the game is structured. If you have choices, then it changes mm-hmm. how you're viewed in the game, what your relationship is to certain characters, where the story goes, what happens. And so you're kind of authoring and playing at the same time. Sure. Then kind of coming back to the hollow novel, mm-hmm, for it's sure. sort of the same, like you have a framework of a structure, like the early, um... Dixon Hill? No. No. Um, no. Um, <laughs> How wrong were you there? <laughs> yeah. I, um, Not having the hive mind working. Uh, the, the choose your own adventure novel. Oh, okay, so okay. Like right. the choose your own adventure right. novels, mm-hmm. just not on paper. But there are definitely still programmed limitations to the hollow novels mm-hmm. and you as a player or reader can alter the program yourself which I think is interesting and maybe not something we have so much control over as a reader of a printed book mm-hmm. I mean I suppose you can rip out pages mm-hmm. or I, I don't know walk like milkman walk around while reading then right. you have a little bit of the danger element yeah, you don't have the option to remove the dangers and then right. shot by a hollow right. gram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think every incarnation of Star Trek has always had a scene, probably multiple scenes, where you see a stack of printed books somewhere. So the printed book is still very... Mm-hmm. Uh, salient in the Star Trek world. Yeah. I mean, so we already said Shakespeare comes up mm-hmm. a lot. I can think of several instances. I mean, mm-hmm. Picard, and then there's also meeting they have with the Klingons, where I think the Klingons say a line from Hamlet Maybe. in Klingon. Uh-huh. Um, so that, like, Shakespeare's right. even been translated into Klingon. Right. But it's interesting with the hollow deck to think of the idea of theater. The mm-hmm. relationship between text and mm-hmm. performance. And then the holodeck is kind of our role-playing mm-hmm. that we do now. But in Voyager, they do create this special I- old Irish village. Right, I remember that. And when that one gets destroyed for whatever reason, uh-huh. I can't remember why, Yeah. Um, they talk about rewriting the program right. and how much work that would be right. and how different it would be from the original. Right. Yeah. And it seems that, you know, unlike a printed book, you can't make a copy in the same way. Well, maybe you can make a copy, but if you have to reprogram and you don't have a copy... Yeah. Then you can't make it ever make it the exact exactly same. Exactly the same. Yeah. But you can lend books or hollow programs. Right. Which is right. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it like do you borrow it from a library or do you like how does that work? Well, the characters do lend it to each other. It's right. the only way I'm familiar with it. Are libraries mentioned that much in the Star Trek worlds? Just the computer database. There was, yeah. So in the second season of latest series the discovery um they basically encounter the sphere that is a huge database system that contains uh um the vital not vital but it does contain like basically one hell of information Mm. um which becomes a sort of something that everybody wants to have Uh the good guys and the bad guys and this is it looks like 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 entire planet of 
stored information uh-huh. that they download to um, right. enter no not to enterprise I'm sorry to discovery right I think the Bajorans have a library that would make sense also there I sorry I am currently watching Voyager okay which is why I have so okay many Voyager well references. that's the episode in Voyager where they come across a, an alien species who is interested in trading their body of literature. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Mm -hmm. And Uh then so if you think about which books are kept in printed form, Mm -hmm. which ones are the hollow novels, and where you get other data, there's, Mm -hmm. it seems they've separated in the Star Trek future what form a book uh, takes based on th- its content. Right. So you no longer have nonfiction uh-huh. in printed form. Okay. I, I don't remember seeing people reading an encyclopedia or a dictionary or a, right. a medical text. A law book. Do they read a law book? Well, we just well, saw that in yeah. the clip. But no, oh, I know okay, what you mean. Sure. I mean, that's right. one of the earliest ones, but you're mm-hmm. right. I think as time goes on, it becomes more and more... Like a lot of the conversations that are going on now, like long form literature is what lots of people think of when they think of the book, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of the radio instruction manual, right? Or any sure, other kind sure. of printed text, yeah, right? I think you're right, but I don't, I think currently nonfiction is extremely popular, mm-hmm. maybe even more so than it was. So, so libraries, one of their libraries again, uh, <laughs> one of their early. Um, foundational motivating factors that people were like, yes, okay, we do need to educate the population, so let's have um, non-fiction educational reference works mm-hmm. that people can borrow from the library. Mm-hmm. Right. But people were always borrowing novels. Right. I mean, that, that was a big issue. They were only 15%, I think, of public library in the U.S., uh-huh. um, stock but made up 60 to 70 percent of circulation something uh-huh. like this so there's this huge disparity between right uh what people read versus what mm-hmm. the library wanted them to right read, essentially mm-hmm. um but now i think people are and i rent uh, or borrow a bunch of non-fiction books from the library mm-hmm. because i do feel like i will maybe read those only once as opposed to a novel right. that I read right. more often or yeah. lend out to friends in Star Trek, I think I would imagine these are the cases where they simply say, like, computer, right. please look up yeah. what the right. symptoms mm. of this and this are. And then maybe it also comes back to the idea of this more factual information. It's always changing because we're always learning. So you wouldn't want the printed form, but the computer updates. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wikipedia changes daily. Maybe right. not the most accurate source of information, but there's. But that's the one we mm-hmm. use. But that's the one we use, mm-hmm. and there mm-hmm. are a lot of valid facts on. Yeah, right. Yeah. So right. I think in a way we already live in this age when we just ask our computer to give us this mm-hmm. extra information. Like we very rarely, especially encyclopedias, dictionaries, we just don't keep them at home anymore because mm-hmm. they go out of date before they are published, and sometimes a lot of times. What we need is like the latest information. Right, right. So I think we are already there with it when it comes to nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking about fiction, so we mentioned Shakespeare, we mentioned Dickens, uh, Alice in the Wonderland. What like what other kind of books 
Moby Dick. Usually mm-hmm. Sherlock. Yeah. Wrath of Khan is basically Moby mm-hmm. Dick. And Wrath of Khan has so many literary references. It mm-hmm. has um, Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting that with um, Khan, he has a library mm-hmm. that he's been exiled with. Right. And so he, a physical library? Yes, physical a physical library. library. Yes, so physi- library. He has physical books. Yeah, he's always quoting mm-hmm. Moby Dick, I think Paradise Lost a couple of times. Those are the two books you recognize when they show the shot of his library. Mm-hmm. You see those prominently. So mm-hmm. you know that's kind of where his character is coming from, I yeah. think. But it still presents, like, centers around the literature that's, like, canon. Right. Classic. Mm-hmm. The creators of the show kind of imagine these books still being classics right. in the mm-hmm. 20th right. Third, fourth, fifth centuries, basically. And I don't remember where I read it, but supposedly part of Roddenberry's inspiration for Star Trek is Horatio Hornblower, the books, which was a, a naval series. So it just all comes back mm-hmm. to books. It does always for us, I think. For us it does. <laughs> Definitely for Give us. Give me a topic that I can bring down to books. Books, young man, books. So we're going to test our Star Trek knowledge, and that's just with a trivia quiz. And this quiz is all about the next generation. So just one of the series. All right. So everyone, the first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation takes place in what year? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, my face is just being very like, I'm I'm so... um... Options. We have options. Oh. Oh, okay. This is an embarrassing way to start. Let me see the options. 2264. 2264 is wrong. It's 2364. Very close. All right. What is the name of the recurring antagonist cybernetic species linked to a hive mind called the Collective or the Hive? We all know. The The Borg. Easy. Right, we're a hive mind. I like this one. What is the name of the lounge bar recreation area that is often featured on the Next Generation? Ten forward. Wow, quick, impressive. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be the biggest. That is correct. (laughs) Helmsman Wesley Crusher, everybody's favorite, leaves at the end of season four to go where? Starfleet Academy? To Starfleet, I think, yeah. Starfleet Academy is correct. Yes. Okay. What year did The Next Generation debut? Mm. 1992? 1987? 87, I think. 87. Good job. So Wesley Crusher is not that young anymore. No, he's really not. Which actress played the recurring role of Guinan? the host of the main lounge on the Enterprise. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) Yes, that is correct. Which actor played the role of Data? I don't know his name. I remember What are the choices? I'm not even looking. Oh, Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner. Yeah. 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 He was on that episode of Friends. Oh, yeah, he was. was in the Big Bang Theory. Where she's interviewing with... Was it Ralph Lauren? No. Gucci. Gucci? Was he the Gucci guy? I used Yeah, Brent Spiner. Yes, correct. Who is the captain of the USS Enterprise? Anyone? Anyone? Jean-Luc Picard. Yes. Actress Michelle Forbes played which recurring character 
a Bajoran that joins the crew of the Enterprise in the fifth series of Star Trek, The Next Generation. Oh, Rolaren. <laughs> With the rest of us have confused looks on our faces, but Laura seems sure. I Wait, am right? positive. That is right. Mm. Okay. Actor Cole Meany played which recurring character? Chief. I know. Say it. Uh... Transporter <laughs> Chief. Think Irish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Brian. Yes. Brian. Yay. First name, anyone? Oh God. Oh. Is oh. transporter chief not his first name? <laughs> Miles. Oh, Miles. Yes. Yes. Miles and Brian. All right. So we got it. nine points out of ten. A minus. I think that's so a pretty Laura good. Again. Oh, Laura again. Laura again. Our okay. collective Borg now. Yes. <laughs> a minus. Exactly. In the next episode, we'll discuss a couple of episodes, more specifically. A couple of Star Trek episodes. Mm-hmm. That are particularly bookish in interesting ways. Please leave your comments on the website or on our Twitter. What's your favorite holo novel? And what do you think is the future of the book? And did Star Trek get it right? Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. Live long and prosper. You can listen to Biblio Banter on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Visit our blog at bookhistory.home.blog. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at BanterBiblio.